This program is brought to you with support from the U.S. EPA. We're here to present the EFC Network Podcast. The Environmental Finance Center Network is a partnership of 12 centers serving 10 EPA regions. The EFCN provides training and technical assistance to small water and wastewater systems. This podcast series has been designed to help system personnel improve technical, managerial, and financial capacity of the utilities and communities they serve. Welcome to the Small Wastewater Systems Technical Assistance Podcast from the Office of Water Programs at Sacramento State. This is episode four, Decentralized Wastewater Systems. I'm Dakota Keene, an environmental specialist here at OWP with... I'm Carissa Lee, and I am a communications coordinator here at the Office of Water Programs. Today, we're talking about centralized versus decentralized wastewater collection, treatment, and disposal. This episode will cover what centralized and decentralized wastewater systems are, the differences between them, the advantages and disadvantages of each treatment type, and the financial benefits decentralization can offer. Take it away, Carissa. Thanks, Dakota. In the field of wastewater management, there are two primary approaches to planning wastewater treatment and its discharge. One is centralized treatment, which is characterized by large-scale plants that serve large municipal or regional service areas. The other is decentralized treatment, where smaller plants located near a treatment need serve a more localized area. Both strategies have advantages and disadvantages. Centralized treatment is the more reliable treatment option, but when cost is a barrier or in rural locations with a spread out population, decentralization makes a great financial alternative. You also don't need to be a professional operator with decentralized treatment, though you do have to commit to performing periodic maintenance. So decentralized strategies are often described as scrappy, versatile, and they can get into areas where conventional treatment can't. Decentralized treatment has certain environmental benefits too. Let's look at a case study. Back in 1999, a town in Alabama started a cluster of decentralized treatment facilities outside of Mobile. The town developed a strategy for reusing treated wastewater through underground irrigation near the source of the wastewater generation. This system reduces demand on drinking water supplies and it disperses wastewater disposal throughout a watershed as opposed to a single in-stream location. In this Alabama town system, carbon, nitrogen, and phosphorus compounds are disposed in-ground at several locations throughout the watershed. This minimizes surface water loadings, that, and that improves stream water quality. To date, continuous secondary effluent dispersal hasn't impacted shallow groundwater quality at all. The town system works well. It produces effluent quality that's appropriate for subsurface discharge, and it saves them money, especially in power costs. It sounds like decentralized treatment is a success for this town. Can you explain for our listeners, though, what is decentralization exactly? Decentralization is the practice of locating wastewater treatment near the source of supply or demand, or ideally both. It's a flexible, long-term alternative to large treatment plants that need miles of costly collection system infrastructure. Decentralized systems can be septic tanks, or they can be as simple as just a subsurface distribution of waste materials. Decentralization responds well to areas that are suburban, rural, industrial, commercial, or residential, and also to developing countries with fast-growing populations and economies. That's because infrastructure investments can be made gradually and as needed. Because these systems can be overwhelmed by too much volume, decentralized systems are usually found in less populated areas. But they're also found in heavily populated areas as a supplement when communities need to expand their collection system but can't afford to. And they're often found in rural areas that can't build massive infrastructure like buildings and equipment. Often, the economically hardest hit areas of our world are smaller, isolated, or impoverished communities that are difficult to serve with modern infrastructure. Decentralized wastewater treatment is a cost-effective alternative that works well for these areas. In fact, thanks to its low cost, decentralization is becoming the preferred strategy in a growing number of scenarios. 
Well, everyone prefers the less expensive option. Plus, technological and engineering advances and new financing structures have made decentralization more effective, less costly, and easier to implement. By contrast, a centralized system is a large, complex collection and treatment system that needs large capital investments in infrastructure as well as operations and maintenance, or O&M, to keep it operating. 80 to 90% of the capital costs come from the collection system itself, with some economies of scale in densely populated areas. Centralized treatment is completely priced compared to decentralization per unit volume. But collection systems need to be renewed every 50 to 60 years. Plus, they need periodic maintenance to extend their life cycle, so the capital costs add up. Could you walk us through what typically happens in a conventional centralized system? Okay. First, an extended collection system collects treated wastewater from large service areas, combining household waste discharge systems. Centralized systems use conventional gravity collection systems that are deeply placed with manholes and lift stations. The water is then transported great distances to a centralized wastewater treatment plant. Just one treatment facility, typically an activated sludge process or a variation. The concentrated discharge needs thorough treatment to minimize water quality impacts to the receiving stream. Finally, the plant discharges the treated wastewater to a surface stream at one location. As a result, centralized systems require more pumps, longer pipes, and more energy than decentralized wastewater treatment, increasing infrastructure costs and maintenance. It sounds like they're really expensive and need a lot of infrastructure to operate. That's true. But if centralized treatment is feasible, it's the superior treatment strategy. It is thought of as the gold standard in wastewater treatment. I got it. Decentralized treatment, on the other hand, is an alternative that's safe, effective, and reliable, providing the system receives the proper maintenance, which we'll talk about in a minute. Often, decentralization provides communities that don't have any other way of treating wastewater with an affordable way to apply the science of treating waste. Well, if the other choice is doing nothing, it's a heck of a lot better than dumping untreated wastewater in the river or on the ground, which is what's happening in some locations around the world. Absolutely, it's better. Decentralized systems tend to stop people from dumping their washing machine water in a ditch or their wastewater in a trench. The catch is that, like any system, it needs to be properly designed, operated, and maintained. You don't need a professional operator because decentralization doesn't require strict training. But not having a dedicated staff doing the job is also one of its drawbacks. People often tend to think, if you don't need to do a maintenance task every single day, then why do you need to do any at all? And then, they may never do it. That's the problem. If it's not maintained properly, it will fail, just like a conventional treatment system. And if it is maintained properly, it will succeed, again, like a conventional treatment system. Decentralization is another way to treat wastewater that's less expensive and it doesn't need infrastructure, but it still has to be managed. It's not hands-off. If we're talking about a home with a septic tank, maintenance is the homeowner's problem. If we're talking about a motel outside the central system, then maintenance is the responsibility of the motel owner or manager. As with anything else, it's best to keep on top of it rather than ignore it until the system breaks down and needs big, expensive repairs. Decentralization is also growing in popularity because it offers environmental benefits. Conventional systems typically discharge treated water to a surface stream at one location. Decentralized systems, particularly smaller ones, typically disperse treated waste beneath the ground surface, where the soil provides additional treatment. Ah, treatment the way Mother Nature intended it. That's right. And another positive is damage control. If something does go wrong with these small installations, it can't cause too much trouble. That's a good thing. Water conservation is another plus. Conventional wastewater management is based on an approach that's inefficient and harmful for the environment. Conventional treatment relies on high water flows and waste dilution for continued and optimal operations. Not only does this raise the treatment cost, but diluting wastewater means more expensive and less energy efficient treatment practices with higher operational costs for users. 
However, it's been estimated that by implementing source control and differential water usage, new decentralized technologies can manage wastewater systems with only about 20% of the current drinking water demand. This aligns the concept with water conservation practices. That's a real plus. Conventional centralized systems may also lead to diseconomies of scale. Collection systems that cover long distances or have groundwater or rainwater infiltration, or both, would require significant pumping energy and costs. Resilience, the system's ability to withstand adverse events like accidents, weather events, or attacks, is also a factor. Decentralized systems may be more resilient than conventional ones. Conventional systems rely on electrical energy supplies for pumping, which puts them at risk during economic or political downturns. And heavy rainfall or industrial wastewater contamination can cause overflow phenomena, compromising ecological health. When large volumes of treated wastewater are discharged from conventional facility outlet points, water resource transfer may occur, and effluent-dominated water bodies may form. In addition, eutrophication phenomena can occur in receiving water bodies. Decentralized systems, on the other hand, tend to lessen the effect of surface water quality degradation and reduce eutrophication events. Previously, a lack of reliable monitoring technology posed a barrier to adopting decentralized systems. Needing people on site to monitor the plant meant either intensive staffing requirements or unreliable treatment results. Now though, remote monitoring technology is dependable, readily available, and common. This significantly reduces the plant staffing requirements and allows remote control of distant wastewater facilities with demand actuated on-site maintenance when Decentralization separates domestic wastewater and rainwater, avoiding dilution phenomena. Decentralization may even allow for other solutions like source separation, which is very hard to implement in centralized systems. Decentralized systems lower the distribution of micropollutants in the environment such as metals and emerging compounds like pharmaceuticals and personal care products. What's more, decentralization could greatly lessen those compounds, potential to contaminate reusable nutrients and sludge. Separation of contaminants improves treatment efficiency, saves energy, and increases potential reuse. As we mentioned earlier, decentralized strategies aren't directly opposed to centralized ones. In fact, historically, both centralized treatment and extended collection systems have coexisted and serve highly densely populated areas in developed countries. Integrating centralized and decentralized strategies can be a huge advantage, especially when you have an existing centralized system that you can't afford to expand it. In heavily populated areas, decentralized strategies are often combined with centralized strategies. It takes pressure off the conventional treatment center. For example, think of a large block redevelopment project in a metropolitan center with an existing collection system. Discharging additional wastewater from the block project into the existing collection system during peak loading events can disrupt or overwhelm service. But adding a decentralized system that treats and reuses wastewater locally will limit the strain and avoid disruption. In the case of the block project, total decentralization would not be an immediately suitable, viable economic alternative. A more balanced approach is to support the coexistence of centralized and satellite decentralized systems. This is especially true for new large developments like residential and commercial complexes and hospitals, where we can effectively plan for treated wastewater reuse. As we discussed in many cases, if a decentralized or a cluster wastewater treatment system didn't exist, the wastewater would be dumped untreated. So the systems designed for small-scale operation reduce the environmental and public health impacts of wastewater disposal. Ultimately, cluster systems may also increase wastewater reuse, depending on community type, technical options, and local settings. Water scarcity, according to the United Nations, is one of the century's most pressing issues. It impacts not only human health and the environment, 
but also local economies that rely on water quality and quantity for business, industry, and agriculture. That's right. Demand has surged for sustainable wastewater treatment facilities. But designing, financing, permitting, constructing, and commissioning new conventional plants and piping can take years. These costs can be crippling for smaller communities, resorts, or industries with water issues, and could hurt small communities much more than larger, more affluent societies. Here's why decentralized wastewater systems can represent a solution. Locating plants near the supply source eliminates the prohibitive costs of pipelining to distant plants. Decentralized systems are more scalable and portable than traditional plants, and rapid construction reduces the risk of plants becoming obsolete before they're paid for. In industry, decentralized treatment can provide quality control for individual sites and improve community relationships by reducing ecological impacts and competition for local water resources. Wow, that was a lot of information. So here's a summary about decentralized systems. They're less expensive and don't require infrastructure, and that makes them a good financial alternative. Similarly, adding decentralized strategies to a centralized system is a good strategy for a fast-growing population or a system that has many needs but can't necessarily afford the improvements. And decentralized systems can be green. Now, if you have the money and resources, then the centralized system is probably superior. But decentralization is a reasonable strategy, and it works. The caveat is that the system just needs regular care. That's all for today. For more information about wastewater treatment training and continuing education, visit our website at www.owp.csus.edu. We'll also post a transcript of this episode and links to other episodes on small wastewater system operation. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning into this episode of the EFC Network Podcast, brought to you with support from the U.S. EPA. Be sure to stay tuned for future EFC Network podcast episodes.